Hey, welcome to the quarantine edition of Running Up the Downstairs. My name's Josh, as you may already be aware, and I am at home, as you should be, or at the very least, separated by at least six feet from anybody else. Um, today, I have decided to dip into the vaults and bring out some unpublished podcasts that we've had waiting to go. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, Alberto. Alberto Yasu, uh, musician extraordinaire, DJ of some renown, a audio expert, uh, who is the reason that most of this sounds much better than it did before because he uh, set up the old logic machine to sound great. This was a really long time ago where we sat down to talk right where I'm sitting right now in my bedroom at my makeshift podcasting desk, um, and I am going to tell you i don't really remember what we talked about i'm assuming it was about all the cool stuff that he did but i hate listening to myself so i didn't re-listen to it i just cut it all up together and uh i'm putting it out for y'all to hear um sorry if all the pop culture references are about a year old so without any further ado a little bit of a theme song coming up for you and then alberto yasu in a row where I've tried to record um, audio at the beginning so that it sounded professional only to be interrupted by both me and that was a police siren. I'm pretty sure there was a, uh, a bone saw at the construction site across the way. Welcome to the downstairs. This is uh, running up the downstairs and we're back. You don't know that because you're not listening to it yet, but I haven't done one of these in about four months, which is ironic because the whole point of the podcast is that I don't do things and look at me. I didn't do anything. Um, and now I'm doing it again, and I'm here with my good friend, Alberto Josue. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Thank oh, you very much. How are okay. you doing, my friend? Amazing. His middle name is the same as my first name, except in Spanish. Except better. Which is sort of like who Alberto is. He's like me, <laughs> except better, and in Spanish. Um, Alberto, <laughs> Alberto and I work together. We're not going to talk about that, because no one wants to hear about it. But no, it's Alberto, super boring. Yeah, very much so. But he is a uh, world-renowned uh what, what, what is your what would your business card say? Describe yourself for all of these people that are not listening to us yet. I don't know. With uh, with so many labels, I would just say I'm a, just I'm a musician, and I just take on different projects whenever I feel like it. It's a very emotional process. But, hey, that, that's that's the the, <laughs> so the, I de- the crutch of being an artist, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I DJ, I produce, uh, I just uh, started record labels, so. Uh, different musical projects, different aliases. So wherever uh, the wind takes me, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna delve into all those windy areas. Um, yes. But yeah, Alberto just helped me get. Uh, we're recording this on Logic. We took a step up in the world. We were on GarageBand before. Now we're on That's Logic. It. Living the um, high life, man. So hopefully this sounds a little classier than the last uh, four or five, whether it is or it isn't. Um, and, uh, so when, when Alberto and I met each other, I was, I'm always kind of amazed when you meet people and you like get along with people, but then you find out that they do all these sort of like amazing things on the side. Um, and in the vein of this podcast and, and a lot of my friends, Alberto is very well, 
um, saturated out there. There are a lot of things he's doing. A lot of things. I want to talk to him all about him. So, uh, but let's start with because you have a bit of an interesting journey here because you're not um, you're not originally from Toronto. You mm-hmm. are a uh, uh, Peru. I'm a per- Parisian. Parisian. And Peruvian. Peruvian. Paris. <laughs> Uh, had a panic. I had a moment there. I was like, "Wait a second. No, no. I did my research. Uh, <laughs> so you're from Peru. Tell me a little bit about how you got here. Um, so yeah, uh, born and raised uh, in Lima. Um, I came here originally um, as a refugee, actually, on the um, on the tail end of the terrorist movement, uh, the um, freedom fighter movement in uh, in Peru. Um, my father uh, owned a um, was part owner of an airline. And uh, he was also involved in uh, what I would say is the equal to, um, like, the, the radio version of CBC back then. Right. Um, so he was an interesting man for, uh, for the Freedom Fighters because he had access to broadcasting and he had access to planes. Sure. So needless to say, he was a guy that they, you know, decided to holler at and uh, see if he wanted to partake in the activities. And he didn't, so obviously they weren't very nice about that. Yeah. And uh, we uh, had the, the opportunity to come to Canada, um, which was amazing. Um, shout out to Canada for letting me in. That's where we are, right? Now. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, and uh, after about five years, uh, the conflict ended. Um, and Canada said, hey, you know what? You're welcome to come back. But you're going to have to go home and, and do the application like everybody else. So we went back home for about six years, uh, five, five years. Um, did all of our paperwork came back been here ever since that was now i think it's about 16 maybe 17 years in canada um and yeah and here i am i mean uh, more canadian and peruvian nowadays that well I, yeah i mean i feel the same way i was born in montreal it's basically a different country um but i only lived there for trying a year. to be yeah you know what <laughs> that's, that's the joke when i was when i was younger me and my friends we used to whenever you play like uh we had this stupid game we used to play um involving a garage and a ball uh, we won't get into it, but the point is, is that there, we'd always, uh, we, it would be international. Everyone would take a different country. So like, you know, you would, everybody would compete, but you know, half of them, half of us were Canadian for the most part. And it's like, you need any, any like background that you could have. So I was from, cause I was born in Montreal. I was like, well, I'm representing Quebec. You know? Yeah. I was like, that's, eh. So that's where that comes from. Exactly. Yeah. Childhood games. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's childhood games, but it's okay. So, but you like you know. So, where do you? Where does music start at that point? Um, music started for me very young. Probably, I would say about eight or nine years old. Um, my aunt, uh, who was like a second mother to me, uh, was was the first person to ever uh, let me gravitate into music. Uh, I my dad used to have this amazing, beautiful nylon guitar, and he used to play. Uh, with his boys, but we never really bonded over music. We always shared music. We, we always listened to music, sing together, etc. As fun, but not not playing. And like that guitar was off limits. That was like my. That was like an Indiana nice Jones episode. Like I would have to like find the right moment to sneak in, take her out, and like play with her for a minute. But I wouldn't know what I was doing. So my dad was like, "You break my guitar, you know. All, all, hell, like- all hell's gonna break loose." It was in a case under his bed, oh. so it was very hard to get to. So when I could get to it, I would. And my aunt noticed that. And God bless her soul, she was, uh, she brought her personal guitar, which she had, it was a beautiful guitar because it was like, it had a sticker for every country she had visited. Oh, dope. She was a nun, so she traveled a lot. Um, and she taught me my first chords. Um, and then that was, uh, during the grunge movement, so I discovered rock and roll first. My heyday. And, um, yeah, man, like, what a, what a, holy, 
What a decade. They still, whenever uh, they play the, the commercials for the baseball playoffs, have uh, Pearl Jam singing... Uh, I can't remember what the song is, but it's the song they like when Chicago when the Cubs won the World Series because Vetter's a big uh, Cubs fan. Yeah. They played a concert there right afterwards, and so uh, literally every day the baseball playoffs are on. I just catch. I'm catch curious to know what song that is. Oh, I can't. You know what? I'm gonna find out. Gonna Let's find see. Out. Let's see if we can find uh, out. But yeah, keep going. Keep going. But yeah, so so uh, I dabbled into the the grunge era. Um, uh, got heavily inspired by that. Spent pretty much two summers probably in while I was in school, just literally locked in learning guitar. So how um, old are you at this point? I would say probably I would say between eleven to thirteen is when I was like listening to like rock and roll and like trying to learn and just spending time in my room learning guitar and getting into music. And then uh, my musical taste started to evolve. I got into a little bit more of the metal side. Um, I moved back to Peru. And I discovered uh, reggae, which was a huge influence. I fell in love with reggae. Um, and then I dabbled into hip-hop as well, and I started to get influences from everywhere. And eventually, I ended up at a rave. And it fucking blew me away. I was sitting there, and I was like, what is this music? What is happening? What are they even doing on the stage? I didn't even understand the concept of DJing. I had no clue. So to me, for the longest time, maybe like the first year when I was like a kid, I had to sneak into parties and everything just to look at this. I thought they were playing sounds on different records and mixing them and making a song out of sounds. So in my mind, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking brilliant. And at that time, internet cafes started being available everywhere in Peru. I couldn't afford a computer in Peru. So I just played my acoustic guitar, but then... There was an internet internet cafe at my house, which I started to go on the internet, made my emails, started to like, you know, get into that world, and I discovered Fruity Loops, which was like a little beat making software that back then was very like beginner, like very simple. Sure. It's evolved into quite like a nice uh, DAW nowadays. Um, I'm sorry. Um, DAW is a digital audio workstation. <laughs> sorry, nerd talk. I was like, I was like, did you did you just have a seizure in that yeah. moment right did, there? Yeah. Like... Are you all right? <laughs> I was like, I don't. Do know. you smell burnt toast? Oh man, I don't. My <laughs> medical skills are my medical skills are to call my sister and ask her her well, opinion because she's a doctor. That's like please I'll find call nine one one instead if that happens. That, you know what? I mean, yeah, if you fell off the chair, I think I would. I yeah. think I would. I know? hope so. My my cat would eat your face if I just left you here. So I think, but your cat's gonna, your cat's gonna do that no matter what. Uh, that's my it one looks of pretty aggressive. That is legitimately a fear that I have sometimes that I am going like that if I were to just you know I'm gonna knock on wood audibly just for. The He's, he uh, knows you're talking about him. He's staring at you right now. He's looking at us right now. Yeah, I he's have giving a, you one eye. Just in case anyone uh, doesn't know me personally, um, which seems rare at this point <laughs> if you're listening to this, but whatever, you may know that I have a cat who's a jerk. He's a majestic fucking jerk, but it is something of an abusive relationship. So is Josh, so it kind of works out. <laughs> I am a majestic <laughs> jerk, too. You know what? I'll take it. That's a business card I'll hand out. Um, anyway, so yes, yeah, so you yeah, find so this Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops, yeah. and immediately... <laughs> I started to realize that, like, you could just make this in a computer. And my issue with bands throughout my entire life has been that I always like to just go on the wing of the moment and improvise. And that pissed off every single band I was ever in. Because people would be like, why do you have to be like that? Why do you have to just go off and play some random shit? Like, why, why, like we, we rehearsed a song. And I'm like, we're jamming. 
that's the whole point. I love jamming and like improvising and like we go together and that's, I think that's where the magic happens. But I get it when people practice something and they really want to do a good job at it and one of their band members goes off on like a longer solo or, or changes something up, that's going to piss you the fuck off. So electronic music for me became, I get to be the band and I don't need to work with anyone else, which was very appealing. But I still hadn't learned that DJs were actually playing songs. So when I started using Fruity Loops, I started to make hour and a half songs that would change into other songs during the song. So I was like kind of making a DJ set instead of a song. And I was like, the computer would always crash. And I'm like, how are they doing this? And then I finally met another DJ that explained to me what they were doing. He's like, no, dude, that's actually a record. And they're playing this like really good song and they're mixing it into another song. They're not mixing sounds. And I was like, holy shit. And that sparked my... Um, my love for electronic music, and I, um, years passed, I got distracted with other stuff. As you do. Uh, as you do at that age. I am familiar with distraction. Yes, I, I, I concur. It may be the catalyst for this podcast. <laughs> it's the catalyst for so many things, but it's also the fuel for creativity, because it kind of, it kind of, that's how ideas happen, when you are actually distracted, and I think in like a blank state of mind. Um, but... So hold on, I want to I interrupt you for a second. Yeah. I find it really interesting that you gravitated towards um, uh, electronic music for that reason because, like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, how did you not end up in a fucking, uh, like, you know, hemp outfit spinning in circles at, like, fish concerts and shit? Like, like if, I feel like if you had grown up in my neighborhood where everyone was, like, getting in a fish, like, you would have just been jamming for the rest of your life because I, I have all these friends who love fish and I, there are a couple songs that I guess, you know, weren't so bad, but I can't, I can't stand them almost because of the fans more than the music. Sorry, guys, I know everyone is <laughs> the best, but... Well, you just offended uh, so many people. Here so comes the hate mail. Just like, and I know they know me, so I know they just stop listening. But whatever, it's fine. This is my personal opinion, yeah. um, and I'm not a huge fish head. I wasn't a huge dead fan either. But I find it interesting that you gravitate towards electronic music for that reason, rather than into what would have seemed like potentially just like the absolute perfect venue for you. So what I'm curious about is what kind of bands were you in that they weren't into that kind of jamming? Like what what was your well? I I found um, it, it was mostly grunge related. Um, but the one thing that I think would, would have differentiated me back then when I was growing up is that I really didn't give a shit about well, that was just about then. looking good or about, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I've kept some of that. Um, but it, for like, people were very focused on, I, I want to make sure that I don't look bad or that we, we do a good job. And right. it was, and, and for me, it was just like, dude, we're, we're kids. Like, they're not expecting us to be great. Right. Like, we, this is a time where, like, you should, like, be free and have fun. And that's what I love about music is that improvisation, that difference. And, and throughout this, I mean, I refuse to call it a career. Um, I, I still call it a journey. I'll call it a career when it pays my mortgage. All right. Um, but throughout everything I've ever done musically, I've always done what I want to do. Never what I what people expect me to do i just is whatever comes out wherever my mind is at and i think that the issue was that a lot of these friends that i had like were really focused on nailing it and like being super tight and like and it was mostly covers you know what i mean so i'm like dude like if we're just gonna recite a cover completely let's add a little bit of us yeah and that way eventually we can get used to making music because that's to me that's how you make music you improvise and then some cool shit happens, and you're like, that's dope. Like, let's record that. Right. 
Um, and that's why I love the electronic music. Now, also, there was another big factor in electronic music. I'm Peruvian. We dance out of the womb. So for me, finding music that I thought was super cool, but I also could dance to, really dance to, was just the holy um, yeah. marriage, I guess, for me, musically, right? Um, so I took some time off. Uh, life happened. Uh, school, etc. Um, we moved to Canada. Um, moved back to Peru. Back to Canada. You know, my 17s, 18s, I was doing what 17, 18-year-olds do. Nothing productive. No. You know, trying trying to get into, in, into not too much trouble, but getting into a lot of trouble. And then um, eventually about 2021, I said to myself, all right, well, you know, what am I going to do with my time, right? Um, I had two passions. One was uh, people. Um, I was very interested in maybe going into things like, you know, um, like studying medicine, like psych psychiatry, maybe something like that. Um, but... I never had the work uh, skills or ethic to go to something like med school. So I was like, that's not going to work out for me. It's like how I always say, um, I would have been a great lawyer, but a terrible med student. Yeah. I'm law student. Like, I just couldn't have done law school. I, I don't think so. I, I Now that I'm older now, I'm much older, and I have friends that are in those fields, I know I made the right decision. You know what I mean? Because I know what they've gone through, and, yeah. and I've seen them in their journey, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm not, I, I, that was not me. Plus. I would have not been able to do that. So I decided to go to school for audio engineering, nice. and I think that's what solidified everything, because up until that point, I, oh, I, had a na I never took a music class. I had a natural attack to pick up instruments. I learned drums, guitar, but on my own way, in my own way. Um, and once I went to school for audio engineering, uh, which I unfortunately chose to go right before 2008, where everything went... Oh. sideways and studios went broke and started shutting down like hot potatoes um we uh we had nowhere to go after school but right. the skills that i learned um and and everything i started to apply to music so i said you know what if i, I can't find a job I'm like i might as well start working in other industries and slowly start building something with my with my new skills right, right? um so eventually um we me and a roommate would play music for fun, jam. We didn't do anything great. Sure. Um, until I met a really good friend of mine um, at a cottage. Uh, I showed up at a cottage, um, and I met him. Uh, uh, we were all in a group of friends. His name's Brent. Um, uh, Brent Hayward, a Toronto DJ as well. He runs a, a promotion company called White Label Promo, um, and he used to be a DJ. He was uh, retired at the time. He kind of like just took some time off and he had gotten married, like wanted to focus on his own life and stuff. And we ran into each other and I get to this cottage and me and my boy like open the trunk of the car and we just take out like all this DJ equipment. And people are like, holy shit, like these guys showed up with like turntables and like a club system. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, like let's let's have a good time. That's so we, we started, he was like, dude, I used to DJ. So we started talking. Uh, Brent was well uh, connected in the city and uh, he's the one that gave me my first shot. So we started jamming together, playing parties here. He started the company, he started a podcast as well. That's how the company got started. Nice. Um, and uh, incredible guy, great work ethic. And we kind of formed a little posse of people and like started to grow. And then I was like, oh shit, like I'm playing here and there. And then eventually I started to play in like a little bit more reputable clubs, more reputable parties, like better slots. Like my, my musical spectrum kind of grew. And uh, I started to realize, and I'm like, man, I got, I got an opportunity here. Like, let's let's grow on it a little bit. And I took about a year and a half off of work. And I was like, I'm going to actually sit at home and figure this shit out. 
Right. Um, I'm gonna apply everything I know. I'm gonna research. I'm gonna produce the shit out of music in my house every day. Like you know, wake up, gym, produce all day. So I'm interested about that. How old were you in that when you took that time? Um, I'm gonna be guessing here because my mind's a little foggy with with <laughs> with the, with those years. But um, I would say it was uh, probably about 26, 25, 26 that I took that time off. I had uh, I had recently gotten out of a relationship, so I moved into my own place. Um, and then I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. Like one year of my life. Sure. Why not? Right? It's like going to work for like a different kind of job field. And you're just like, I'm going to give it a year. Freelancer. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a bit of a struggle, obviously, financially. Um, and we, uh, I had like a few friends that we worked with and eventually it got to a point where I saw the progress in that one year and I'm like, I think I can do this. So at this point, are you, are you DJing mostly? I'm DJing mostly and I'm like at home making a lot of music, but not putting it out. Are you playing? I I guess I'm curious, like, do you play your own music when you DJ or um, is it? I actually don't like to, um, until recently that I've actually started to play live. Um, when you I play nev- live, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. when you play live, are you mixing in the moment? Um, yeah, so the way I, 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 this came a little bit later, so I'm going to break that down for you in a second. Um, live is a is very different uh, feel. I mean, live is also, when it comes to electronic music, it's open to interpretation. Like, right. some people play fully live, some people will play live as in, like, they're improvising certain segments of songs. All right, we'll, we'll come back. So, we'll come back yeah, for me, for me at that point, um, I was DJing a little bit more often, but it wasn't anything that, like, it was paying my rent. It was right. mostly just... I was getting my name out there. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to make music and make music and then delete it because it wasn't good enough yet until I felt confident enough that I was like, okay, like, I'm like, I can put this out. So, so you're deleting all that stuff after you, so you, yeah. make, you record something and then you delete it. Yeah. Huh? It's, it's, it's a, it's a bad habit that I have. If I don't like something, I literally wipe it from all hard drives and I don't want to look at it ever again. That's so interesting because I find, um, because it's funny, like part of the reason I want to want to do this podcast, I'm really interested in other people's um, sort of processes and how they, you know, how they get themselves to a point where they're doing things professionally or even just like, you know, how do you motivate yourself to wake up in the morning? You were saying like you took the time off, you went to the gym, you go, you know, you came back and you like produce and shit like that. Uh, But I find that really interesting that you're deleting it because one of the things that um, I know about me that's, uh, I always sort of, I like to be able to do is... I'll stop something three paragraphs in because I'm like, oh my God, this is fucking garbage because, you know, low self-esteem or whatever. But Creative um, process, man. But this is the thing. So yeah. I, but I always leave it there and then if I go and I sit and I write and I'm like stuck for, you know, motivation or whatever, I'll go back and reread. I have a whole folder called like Ideas and Beginnings and shit. It's probably the biggest folder in my documents folder. Of course it is. Because it's all the garbage, right? But it's all the garbage in my head until I go back and I reread it. Um, and I think, oh shit, this actually isn't, this isn't nearly as bad as it felt the next day after I wrote it two years ago. So I'm what do you ever think about that, that, that you've maybe deleted stuff that you could be like, that you've deleted greatness that you just, yes and no. So what I did to control that, because my biggest issue during that year was finishing music. Mm-hmm. So I would get to a certain point and then I would be like, it's almost there. I just don't know how to get it there. And that's what would frustrate me. And then I would never finish anything. So I was like, I need to like commit to finishing a song before I move to another one. So what I did is if I was working on a song and then the next day I didn't like it, but there was parts of that song that I liked, what I would do is I would mark the instruments that I used and the settings that I used so that I could recall those, but I would delete the file itself. So the good okay. thing with music is I can literally, when I'm making electronic music, is I can literally grab a synth that I really like, the sound was right, and I can save that preset and leave it there so that I can go back to that sound. So I can rem- I can recall the sounds that I was using. But if I don't gotcha. like the composition, if it's not catching me, 
I want to remove it because I will keep on going back to it. Interesting. And now, if you open my project folder and my studio stuff, I literally have three to four things going, and I don't start anything new until those three to four things are done. How long did it take you to get that to get that uh, discipline? Two years to three years, easily. Is that? Would you put that on a scale of like? Um, not necessarily in any kind of order, but if someone were to say like, Hey, what were the top five things that you do that make you productive? Is that one of them? Do you think? 100%. I don't, I like if, if I, even if I'm, even if I dedicated two weeks, three weeks to a project and I'm not happy with it and I really don't think it's good, I'll just get rid of it. Um, I would say, it's funny you say that. I would say that the top three things, one is that finishing. Yeah. I want to finish. Because that's my, I know that's my biggest, one of my biggest challenges. You know what it is? And you let me know if you agree with me. For me, this is the way I see it. Creatives, whether it's writing, painting, everything, it's so personal. It's so emotional that when you do put it out, you are opening up yourself and being vulnerable by putting it out. And what I find is a lot of people don't finish work because they, they, to their standard, is... It may not be good enough. They know they can do better. But what I think is very important, and, and a lot of people don't do this, is artists need to show progress. Mm-hmm. And if you really put in your all and you come up with something that you yourself are proud of, when you listen to it, you enjoy it, or when you look at it, you enjoy it, or when you read it, you enjoy it, you should put it out. Because what's going to happen is whoever's looking at you out there is going to see that journey and that progress through time. And I love that. Like, I'll listen to old tracks and I'll listen to tracks that I'm doing now. And just my evolution and, like, the, the my sound is cleaner, tighter. And, like, showing that is actually important because it, it, you get to see the artist. Like, for example, now, and we'll talk about this in a bit, but now that I have the record label, for me, if I'm looking up an artist and I'm doing my little bit of homework on them, I want to know what their first stuff was like. I want to know what their evolution was like. I want to, like... If everything was polished from day one, I, I find it hard to believe that that was just you. I, now I want to know, you know, did, are you, do you have studio partners that you work with, that, like silent partners? Like, I want to know about you, right? And, and I think it takes, you have to be brave to be able to put yourself out there as a creative. Sure. I have so many people that I know that are, that are legitimately talented people that don't do it because it's just that feeling. And I think that would be my number three on that list is letting go of the pressure that you put on yourself. Um, I used to have, I used to panic when uh, I would send a song to a record label and they would say, hey man, listen, this is really good. This I want to change, add something like this. And I'm like, and that's great. Feedback is great. And, but for me, I'm just like, now I feel like I'm, I'm changing what I was feeling at that moment. I'm changing my view and, and I don't do that anymore. Now when I run into that, I say, Thanks for the feedback. Unless I truly, if I agree that it's going to make it 10 times better, I'll do it. And that's rare. Now I'll usually say, hey, listen, no problem. I'll make you more music. But this music that I have finished is the way that it is. And I want to put that out. It's interesting. I have a friend of mine who, uh, um, who he's been doing what he does for a long time. 
Um, he was on the podcast. Uh, he's a comedian, and, and he talks about, uh, we talk about it every once in a while, he'll talk about how he, he's come to trust his comedic instincts. Um, and it makes it both easier and more difficult in some ways uh, when he does his own stuff, because, like, he'll make something, and he knows, like, he, he, knows what's, he knows what he thinks is funny, and so, you know, he's got this idea of what he's doing. Um, and so when someone gives him notes, he can more accurately sort of deal with those notes. Like, okay, yeah, that's valid, or, or no, that's not. But sometimes I think it also, um, not necessarily in terms of what you were referring to in terms of your own uh, work, but in terms of, I know I've, I've witnessed it in him and, and some other people is that when you're so confident in what your stuff is, that's like what you think is good, then you miss, like sometimes you'll miss those notes. I know I do it myself. It's part of the reason I don't always show people my stuff because it's sort of like, um, A, I'm terrible at taking compliments. Like you want to give me like productive feedback oh great like you think this needs work this yeah i'm not very good at that either that kind of stuff like i can take i don't always it's the same thing like i'm a pretty good judge of like what i think is valuable and not valuable from someone giving me notes or feedback or whatever it is but what i'm terrible at is hearing the good right and so my i internalize all the negative because i'm already there i'm already finding the holes i write something i know where the problems are right um but it's when you tell me that you like it, I immediately, di- it's like I almost immediately disregard your opinion and I move on to the next person because I'm like, well, if you liked it, then it couldn't have been that good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to be a part of any club that wants me as It's a that man. little voice in your head that goes, maybe they're just being nice. Exactly. And, oh, you're like, and you're like, oh shit. But you also have to remember that it's it's all art. It's all in the in, in the in, in the person admiring it, right? It's so subjective. And, yeah. and even yeah. though you may think that whatever it is that you worked on well, is good, but it's not good enough that you should just get a compliment. It is good enough that you should just get a compliment right. because that person happened to be like, dude, that, like that moved me, that got me. And the, we have to, it, there's just so much pressure. Um, I recently made a post about this. There's so much pressure for creatives because all we see now, every time we turn on our computer or phones, everything is just success, success, yeah. like success. Like every artist is like traveling, doing this, doing that, like, I'm amazing, like, this is so good, like, they post something, and, like, a hundred people are like, oh, my God, life-changing, yeah. and it's just so much pressure, and I, I had this conversation with someone I really look up to, and I made a post about it, because I said, why, why does it have to be, why does art have to be tied with success, success is to make art, so if I can finish a song that I really love, that's, I already won, and my, my, my point of that post was to tell artists, like, hey, listen, like, don't worry about the pressure. Find your financial stability somewhere else. Yeah. And you will have true freedom. And, and that's, I think that these last two years for me have been the best years in music because I finally stopped trying to get somewhere in music and I just started to have fun again. And now I'm like, I don't give a shit. If I want to make a jazz record tomorrow with some Polska in it, I'm fucking doing it. Can you please make a jazz I, record? I will try my best for it. And I will sing myself in Spanish. I'll make it super weird. Call it running up the downstairs. We will be super confused. It was Done. inspired by this podcast. It'll be, as long as you use it as a theme song in the podcast, I'm in. And, um, that's, and that's what I mean. It's, it's just, there's, being a creative nowadays, people are like, that's what I want to do for a living. And it's like... Maybe if we take that pressure that social media puts on us away and we start to really be creative and do what we really love to do without trying to impress people or trying to make it or trying to butter people up so that they can help us get somewhere, 
then you are going to get somewhere because you're going to come up with something genuine and, and honest and original and unique to you and you are going to attract others like you who will actually support you and i'm not talking about a like on facebook and a share wait, i'm wait, talking wait. about a like in a on facebook doesn't mean anything except it doesn't oh, it means jack I've shit everything I've if i had a reset button for the internet i would press it in a minute <laughs> even if it took down my own shit i swear to god reset like just destroy um, social media and see who's left i still remember getting on facebook for the very first time which i feel like is a thing that old people say about anything i remember yeah. i got my first well we are old years. people my friend no but that's what i mean like that's how you know you've gotten old you start remembering like milestones in your life mm -hmm. um which actually will tie into what i was gonna say my response to what you just said but it just in general it's like the i remember getting on facebook and like oh my god this is great like oh my god that's my girlfriend from university i haven't talked yeah. to you in 10 years like what's going on in your life yeah. and then all of a sudden it becomes oh my god my girlfriend my ex-girlfriend from university is her third kid i don't i couldn't possibly kid, you know no like, yeah and then but you don't want to erase someone because then it feels um it like feels like aggressively personal like they're not going to know unless they go to look it's up, that yeah. why did you why did you yeah. like block me or why did you delete me off facebook it's so funny it's like, like so i probably my finger probably slipped but i was falling asleep watching tv like i don't know you were, wait you were creeping my page yeah or like my favorite one nowadays <laughs> and we, we won't turn this into a rant no, because no, i know no. me and you will but my favorite one nowadays is when i get a message because you know me you know my sense of humor yeah and i get messaged people going is everything okay <laughs> i've seen alberto i've seen some posts and i just want to know like are you good and i'm like She's getting dark, Dude, man. That shit was just funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Uh, I haven't I'm a happy story. dude. Yeah. I'm living a beautiful life. I'm happy. Trust me. But when I see that dark ass, twisted ass, you know, post that I find hilarious, yeah. I'm a posted. Boom. I'm not trying to tell you how I'm feeling. If I want to tell you how I'm feeling, I'll call you and yeah. be like, hey, I want to chat with you. I'm not feeling so good. Facebook isn't for my feelings, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, well, what's interesting, I thought, just to bring it back to what you were just saying, I find what's interesting about that is that it's, I know why that, like, for me, I mean, at least if I'm not, I don't want to speak for anyone else necessarily, but, like, I feel like part of it is, like, I mean, especially because, I mean, we're talking about getting older, you know? Like, all of a sudden you're faced with your own fucking mortality, right? And it's, like, especially, like, you know, I'm single and childless, which is neither good, bad, whatever. It just is facts of life, you know? And, like... It's okay, I mean, I'm single and I'm a child, so it's right. very close. So I do technically... You know very what? Close. That's fair. I would, I, I, would, I would not just... We're both... Yeah, I guess I'm my own child, right? Yeah. I barely clean up after myself. Um, that's not true. This place is spotless. You should mm. see it. It's gleaming. I would eat off the floor. Gleam. I wouldn't do that. That's <laughs> filthy but uh <laughs> cat just gets shit everywhere but i am super neat um no but it's your it's almost your impending sense of like mortality that's yeah I, there's something to that where you want to it's not just good like i i think it's amazing that you get this um joy out of like finishing something and i i also if i type the end on something oh it's amazing great yeah. i feel fantastic it. about it you got through it. Two days later, I go, oh, I have to completely rewrite this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to writing something new, because, like, fuck that. Um, but at the same time, like, I get that to some degree. But I also get, I also, I, I, I understand that pressure. And I understand the idea of, like, I want to leave something behind. Even if I had kids, I would feel the same way. I, I, I don't, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure having kids is very fulfilling and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you're, like, leaving behind your genetic material instead of, you know, just spilling it on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but, like... <laughs> Doesn't have to be on the ground, Josh. Whatever, you know what I'm saying. Everyone's got their own. <laughs> Don't eat off the floor. Uh, <laughs> but the my, my point is, is that you get that like that idea of um, leaving a 
literal piece of yourself behind. And not your kids who are going to grow up and be like whatever yeah. the fuck they're going to be. You're actually like, someone's going to come around and like, I mean, maybe for us it, it won't be like that. A hundred years from now, all the fucking microchips will, you know, uh, you know, evaporate. Yeah, we'll be on a hard drive. Yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe not us. but Buried in the ground on a hard drive somewhere. You know, yeah. like maybe maybe no one will ever hear it after 50 yeah. years or whatever. Please but, don't put me on a hard drive. Just let me go. I'm actually okay yeah. with the hard drive. It yeah. seems very cool, but whatever. Whole other conversation. Nah, man. I'm, I'm good to go. You know what? If this when is it's a hard time, drive, it's I'm good. I'm good. It, you know? <laughs> Seems fine. Like, the world like, doesn't need to hear my shit for like two hundred years. Look, if they put me on a hard drive, then maybe I can be like Neo in the Matrix and I can fucking like <laughs> command the hard drive, you know? I'm no, man. I, I want no, just let me go. Just delete. Empty trash. But <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll put that. Uh, <laughs> this this podcast will survive for that very purpose. Yes. No, no, I have proof. He wanted us to pull. <laughs> Literally, please. <laughs> Um, but it's, I feel like there's that aspect to it where it sounds so grandiose, like I want to leave something behind, but like, it's just almost this natural imperative. I think for creative types, it's that idea of, um, giving something of like putting something of yourself. I know for me, it's like, I, I would like to not think that when I'm no longer here, that at the very least something I did, you know, it like, I mean, me and a friend, of, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Sean, uh, we talk about this all the time. Like, there's a part of me I wanna, I wanna reverberate. Like, I wanna it's a natural instinct, man. You know what I mean? Like, I wanna be remembered by more than just people who who know me, who have met me. Like, I wanna know. And sure, that may not happen. It's not a re- It may not be a realistic thing. But like, there's an and I, maybe I just don't work hard enough. Which again, this part is what this podcast is. It's hard, is stemming man. From this, but, this life is built for you not to work hard. Exactly. For you not right? to chase those things. There is this, there, we, we get distracted in every corner. Like we're, this is not a productive reality that we're living nowadays. You have to literally fight to do the things that we're doing right now. You have to go out and like get organized and like for this podcast, like get all your stuff, get ready, like talk to people, invite people, like get prepared. Like, and, and meanwhile, like your TV and your phone and like everything around you is going, dude, just chill. You had a long day at work. Just fucking, you know, relax. Like it's it's you have it's made for you not to do it and and i feel the same way i feel that i love the idea i have two things that i'm leaving behind and this is the, the and i've i'm and i love that you bring that up because i'm on the exact same mode and that's what triggered my hey you know what fuck trying to turn this into a job i'm gonna just do it honestly from the heart and if it turns into a job great if it doesn't exactly. i have a body of work that will always be available to people yeah um and the other thing for me that I'm leaving behind is like I'm also not a guy. I, I don't I don't like kids. I'm I'm not interested in having them. Um, but I know both me and you share this. We we have nieces and nephews, exactly. and to me those are my kids. Yeah. And and everything that I can leave for them is for them. My music is named after them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. My my both of my nieces have their own songs oh, um, made when they were born, and th- that's to me that's what I'm leaving behind. It's like them in my music. And the people that follow my music. And, and I think that's very satisfying. Um, because who knows? Like, the way music has evolved through the years, maybe at one point, you know, I, I mean, this would, this, now I'm just dreaming, but at one point, maybe the powers that be say, hey, you know what? We'll just give musicians a minimum salary and all music is accessible to everybody for free. And all of a sudden, your music has now just become available to the entire world. And maybe I won't be around when that happens, or you know things will evolve. But my music will always be somewhere available for people, and I think that's satisfying enough, man. Like it, it, I, I don't, I don't see how a paycheck can make 
that much of a difference, except for the fact that if you are getting a paycheck as a musician, obviously millions of people have access to your music instead of a few thousand. But you can get to millions if it's good. What I find interesting is it's funny because that drive to make something, you know, like I, it's also, and then what I'm about to say, there's an aspect of the grass is always greener to some degree, but it's interesting. I look at creatives who are uh, visual artists, who are musicians, who are physical, um, where, where the, the art of, like the act of creation is a physical product, right? Where mm-hmm. you, you're sitting in front of your computer doing, uh, you know, mixing tracks or you're, you know, sculpting a, a statue or whatever, you know, painting a fucking picture. That is a, it's a physical act that you're doing and there is a immediately visual or auditory or whatever sort of uh, response to that. You have that. Yeah, it's a so, tangible. Yeah. And so I feel like, and, and so, but when I, and so I, I, cause I, I always, you know, sort of compare it to writing. There's a part of me that sort of wishes that I had been, cause I, I would, I think I would always want to be a creative person. You know, like I, I never look at my life and think, fuck man, I really wish I was good with numbers. Like yeah. never, it was never me. It was never a, a thing. Sometimes I wish I was a scientist or like, you know, an astronaut or some shit like that. Yeah, like, math is dope. Right. Yeah. I would, I, I would love to, same thing with like belief and whatnot. Like I respect the shit out of people who can do all that. I can't, I'm not, it just, I wasn't built yeah. that way. And sometimes I wish I was, but I, in terms of what I'm capable of, if I was, any kind of art would have been great. Like, I think that's, you know, what I would have, what I've always, you know, sort of gravitated towards. But there's a part of me that wishes that I was a better visual artist, musician, because there's something so physical about doing it. And there are times where, like, if I want to create, I have to sit down and I have to write. And so there's this act of this progress that is, it's glacial, it's so slow. And sometimes I think that that's uh, one of my big struggles is that it's hard to see the overall because you're really building with very small pieces. Whereas with music, you have that, um, you put two tracks together, you can hear the result of that. And so there's something that it always feels like that would be easier to motivate yourself to go do than it is. Uh, and may, this is also probably just me making excuses for like, oh, my life's more difficult than other people's because I think I see sort of making the like the act of writing to be a more difficult mo- like thing to be motivated to because it's so you associate with school and, and work and it just mm-hmm. it goes back to all those things. So I guess ultimately like the long winded question that we're going to uh, I'm going to get ask you sort of heading into the break um, is do you think that there is do you, do you feel that like where do you think that it is easier to some degree for you to, to work on the things that you love because it's more tactile, it's more physical? Uh, you know? The answer is yes. Um, it's not an answer I'm happy about. Um, you, you bring up a fantastic point. Um, when you're writing, you're just it's just you and whatever medium you're using, but there's nothing to help you get the words out, mm. right? It's just you. It's, yeah. it's very raw. With... DJing in particular, and this is why I'd never describe myself as a DJ. I hate the word. Um, disc jockey. Oh, and there is no discs. That's the worst part. Oh, there used discs. to be. I, 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 like, I don't miss it. Um, one, because it was super fucking hard. And two, because it was super heavy. Yeah, fair. Um, I got the tail end of vinyl. I never was a vinyl DJ. Um, but respect to them, because holy shit, dude. Like, Crazy. The, 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 just... The, the level of difficulty was incredible. And that's where my problem lies with my answer being yes, because nowadays, for people that have grown up in the DJ culture, it's, very, it's a very hard pill to swallow. Um, and this is going to cause a lot of arguments between people I know, and that's okay, because we need to talk about it and be adults. But it fucking sucks, because 
all these people that have grown up from the that have been in the DJ thing for for the 80s to the you know to now um, they really worked hard because DJing was truly an art form you bought the records you had to line up fucking push other guys out of the way to get that one fucking record and it's like you had that record nobody else had that record and then your needles and your turntables and learning the technique of beat matching and key mixing and you're just like holy shit this is so fucking hard and then you go to the club now the needles are shitty they're bouncing off of the record because the system's too fucking loud you can't hear shit this girl's asking you for a song that you hate you're trying not to ignore this guy that might spill his drink on your thing and you're trying to mix vinyls you can't hear in your headphones it was incredibly difficult so the people that were revolutionary and amazing about it are people that put in you know kobe bryant number of practice hours like ten thousand hours in like rooms full of records and now somebody literally just goes I wanted to be a DJ and they literally buy a software if they even buy it. Um, and it does 60% of the work and I'm not bringing that down because I used to play on tractor and I used to use computers to DJ and I felt that I really enjoyed it because I was being very creative with it. I was, I was having loops and mixing parts of tracks and trying to do like my own edits and remixes live. Um, but the problem is that there's a lot of people that are literally just mixing one song to another keys already match already match so that pisses other people off because not purists just it's like you had to work for it so hard and then now somebody doesn't really have to and i understand both sides of the coin and then and then i also understand the fact that it's like hey why am i going to buy two turntables seven hundred dollars worth of records and then have to spend ten thousand ten thousand hours at home trying to perfect it when i can literally buy this computer and just move on to the next step um and what happens is for me is is if you if if you're gonna take the modern route now the one thing that i think is non-negotiable you can use whatever technology you want i don't care you can use a fucking ipad if you want but respecting the culture of it and you know not not putting yourself out there too fast i think that's the main problem with electronic music nowadays is that people are buying the program they have 200 songs they mix they did a couple of mixes they're not very good programming is everything as a dj so whether you're beat matching or using a a computer it doesn't matter because it's all about the songs that you're playing when you're playing them if you're reading your crowd that's a true talent is being is being that empath where you're connected to everybody and you're like okay let's let's all be in the same channel but if you are going to take the technology route you have to understand that there's a lot of stuff that you have to respect and i think that maybe 70% of the people that pick this up nowadays, they just want to play live. They just, they're like, I just want to be, I just want to be the, the, the fucking DJ. You know what I mean? I just want and to drop the beat. Exactly. I yeah. just want to be like that person that I want to be that center of attention. And that's unfortunate because you, you're not respecting the culture. You're killing the culture. So by you trying, by you going the easy way, not being ready, not taking time to be ready, and then going out there as a nobody... And then saying, I'll do it for free. Now the club owners go, well, why am I going to pay you if I've got a lineup of amateurs that are willing to do it for free? Yeah. And the music may not be that good. And now, so now you're affecting the culture. Now you're like, now, and, and club owners, don't get me wrong. I don't blame them at all. If I can save money on my business, fuck yeah, I'm saving money on my business. Guess what? Because club owners, they're not making that much money because it's fucking hard to get people out spending money. Half the time they're calling you, asking you for a free ticket because they don't want to pay at the door. Because we don't have value in music. And and in electronic music and in DJing, that's worse than anywhere else. 
because we've sold it out completely, completely. Like people are not buying music. They're not paying DJs. Everyone's a fucking DJ. Uh, everyone's in a rush to be noticed, to have their page on social media, to post their next tour dates or their next. And, and it's just, it all bothers me because I'm just like, guys, we're not, if you actually care about music, we're actually killing it. We're killing music. We're, we're losing all the value of the DJ. The DJ used to be the person that broke records. Even if you were Nirvana, that record would be sent to that one DJ in LA in that big shot radio station. And yeah. they drop it at the right time and they would break that record. And now DJs don't break records. They just play the safe records. It's like you you hear 60% of DJs, you hear them playing the same stuff. And I, and through my, my journey in this, I've started to slowly gravitate outside of DJing. And now, as much as I love it, my main focus is on the studio. My main focus is on my label, on playing live. Because I just don't see it as what it used to be. Um, and there is a lot of up and coming. Recently, I had a talk with, uh, with a friend of mine we just met um brand new dj and she uh, mentioned something to me on a friend's balcony like at a at a party and she was like yeah she's like people ask me if i want to play and i just feel that i'm not ready so i don't want to do it until i'm ready and i was like i literally like was almost on my knees going hallelujah <laughs> there's one person that's like i want to take my time yeah. until i feel that i'm good enough to go out there and roll and play with people and and like that mentality is gone it's rare Immediately, I was like, we're going to stay in contact because I'm going to support the shit out of you yeah. because you actually have have it right. So I think it is it is so much easier to do what I do now. And in every way, even making music, man, like I'm hearing songs from people and I'm just like, it's all fucking loops that you've downloaded. Yeah. So you're not making your loops. You're not spinning your records. You're not matching them. You're not you're not doing anything it, like it, if you're making music why are you gonna you're choosing pieces of music that someone else made it's like it's like don't you want to like have your own sound don't you want to make your own drums <laughs> So, what Alberta was saying was super interesting, um, and uh, it's really a shame that you guys missed the last little bit there, because I hit a button that, yes, uh, he did. that paused it. Um, I, he could have blamed it on the cat, but he, he took it like a man. No, no, I refused. It was, uh, it, I was so focused on what he was saying that I got distracted by the screensaver on my computer, and I went to get rid of it, <laughs> and I hit a button. At any rate, we are going to take a break in a couple of seconds, but I just wanted to, uh, that's going to sound so awkward. It's great. This is amazing. Um, Awkward's her middle name, man. It, it actually is. I really wish my parents had it. And you know what? I'm going to say it right here on this podcast. If anyone's ever wondered what my middle name is, the A stands for awkward. <laughs> I love um, it. So anyways, we're going we're gonna to go into a quick break. We're going to come back after the break, after my, my couple of sponsors get to, uh, get to have their say. And uh, then we're going to come back we're going to talk about, I want to talk more about playing live and I want to talk about your uh, label. Yeah, we'll move to the next that, chapter. I think that's just super fucking interesting and you're going to too. Hang tight for just a second. I'm actually purposely going to pause this shit now. You're listening to the running up the... Ow! Fucking... Okay. This is Dave Dunville. You're listening to the running up the downstairs podcast. Hosted by Josh Finkelman's Twitter and Instagram account, KJosh Radio. And your fucking cat just bit me! Fucking bitch! 
And we are back. Some pretty good sponsors there, huh? Huh? Yeah? Okay. Um, one thing before we get back into this last tail section here, um, we mentioned it earlier, Pearl Jam's uh, commercial for the yes. major leagues. Uh, new song came out at the beginning of the year called Can't Deny Me. Um, and it's dope, and I am 100% downloading that on my phone through uh, the Apple Music app because I uh, don't steal music. That would be wrong. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank That's you for those for you. Uh, 25 cents. Uh, I, I don't even think a it's year. probably that. I mean, it's, <laughs> definitely, it's definitely not a good deal. But um, but it is a deal. Music, it's a deal. It it's a something. Deal. And you know what? I, I feel better about myself exactly. for, you enjoy for paying more. that $10 Savor a month. It. Yeah. it tastes better. Uh, and speaking of... Music labels making money. Let's talk about your newest endeavor. Because right. yeah, remember, we were talking about Alberto and his DJing and all the crazy things that he does. Um, but he's got a new ven- venture out, which looks super interesting to me. So um, tell me about what it is and, and how you got there. Uh, yeah. Um, I like that you said record labels and making money because we don't make money. Hey. But we make music. They're dreams. And and, and um, that's that's the goal. Um, I, um, I had a conversation about labels with many people through the years, <clears throat> in particular DJs, obviously, um, being like, Hey, it's like the next logical step. And my answer was always like, why? There's some money in it. There's so much work. Like it's all so I can get like some music that other people don't have. And I was always shutting it down, um, until about, uh, last year, um, I had those kind of moments that you have as a creative no matter what you do where you hit walls and you're like oh man i'm tired like you know i i've sacrificed friendships you know relationships so much for like music 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 and i'm like i I always felt that it was for a reason and then now it's starting to get to the point as i get older as we're talking earlier you know we're getting older things are changing perspectives are evolving ages right age is a bitch but it's a blessing because it puts you into perspective of what things you like and um, I started to realize that eventually I'm just going to be too tired to do the late nights, you know, promoting yourself, you know, DJ live clubs. And I was like, how do I stay involved if I don't want to do that anymore? Because eventually I won't. I'm just going to be tired, you know. It takes a toll on me. And that's when I started to think about the label. I was like, you know what? It's, let's say, for example, life goes on, you know, 10 years from now. I'm like, I can't do this shit anymore. I want to stay home, but I want to be a part of it. I want to take the network that I have. I want to help other people who are where I was seven years ago, maybe get them to where I want it to be faster. Um, and the label idea came up. Um, I said to myself, I'm like, you know what? It would be nice to like go to work, come home, live my life, and then you know pick up my computer while I'm on the couch chilling and like be involved in the community that I love so much and the music that I love so much. And the label is the logical way to do that. Um, it was still a maybe in my mind, um, because I didn't want to form part of the big machine and, you know, have to like do all the things that you have to do to be a successful label. I thought, you know, maybe I'll just do an indie thing, sell stuff on Bandcamp just for like a few, whatever my few hundred followers I have and like keep it very small. Um, and again, it was on the back burner and I got back from Mexico. Uh, I was on a trip there for a while, uh, this year in January and I came back. And as I came back, I was talking to a friend of mine. His name's Jasper. He's my partner on the label. And it was funny because we were catching up about music, blah, blah. I had a, my, new pro, my new live project, which we'll talk about as well, uh, Chan, that I had just launched. And um, I mentioned it to him. I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to start a label. And he was like, dude, wicked. And I'm like, yeah. And, and I told him the plan. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to like 
go this way and I described my entire view on, on the approach that I wanted to take and he was like dude that's exactly what I want to do um, Jazzer is a great dude I met him through a very good friend of mine and, and an artist that I've worked with Alexander Kojic they used to work together in a project called Cabalistic which was uh, a fantastic DJ slash live duo that they had and Jazzerad uh, runs uh, a music publication online called uh, Ethereal Collective. Uh, very, very, uh, very big. They have a really nice following. Amazing music. I've discovered so much good artists with them. I've been there as an artist featured for mixes, premieres, etc. So I already knew Jazzerad had this area of expertise that I didn't have. Um, you know, the social media, the the SoundCloud game, all that, like. His art, artwork was always great. His ear for music was fantastic. And that was the main reason why I didn't have a partner or didn't plan to have a partner. Because I was like, very few people have my musical ear. Right. In the sense that I like a wide range of stuff. Mm -hmm. And most people that agree with me on certain genres agree, don't agree with me in other genres. And that's where me and Jazz kind of met. I was like, wow, we actually have a very similar taste. Uh, which is very rare. Uh, for DJs in particular, because DJs are very specialized in certain sounds that they enjoy to play. And in, in underground dance music, I mean, if underground even exists anymore, but that's mm. for another podcast, because I'll need an hour for that one. Um, <laughs> that's anyways, true. don't have an hour. No, no, we're not going to go down that route. I already went down the, the sync versus vinyl route, and that's already controversial enough. You're so, welcome, audience. Yeah. Well, the comment section will be good. The comment sections will be good no, no, when the experts a, come out. This is a dictatorship, man. We don't have comments. Yeah, here. we don't allow. You will get blocked. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, we chatted and uh, we just did it. And the one thing that has been a struggle for me in the last three years, for when I actually started to take music a lot more seriously, was finding people who had the same work ethic as me. Um, I work every day. And the way I see it is when, when, we, when we get home, all of us, all of us out there, when we get home from work, we do the things we like to do or we chill. Some people are like, oh, I get home, I make my dinner, go to the gym, I sit, watch my favorite TV show, play my video games, read a book. That's what I love to do. That's what music is for me. It's fun. So I play video games, for example. So sometimes I'm like, I get the same feeling that I'm like, I want to play Call of Duty when I get home and like just chill. I, that's the same feeling I have when I go, I'm going to make home and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and I'm going to mix this track because I'm fucking loving how it's coming out. So I was like, he has that approach too. Like we both have our jobs or careers and then we both have the same level of professionalism and dedication to our music. So long story short, 10 months later, our first release comes out October 15th. Shoot, that's, um, like, that's like two days from now. Yeah, it's amazing. Two days from now, but probably now. maybe a week ago, if you're listening to this. Uh, yes. Let's Maybe so two weeks ago. Let's, we let's are, so the, let, we'll fast forward. Our sixth <laughs> release is coming out next yeah. week. It's um, 2019, wherever yes. you're listening to this. This is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so How's yeah, we, we, uh, we have it coming out October 15th. Um, it's a VA. It's um, various artists. Um from all over the world, which is the thing that has made me the happiest. Um, oh. I found a lot of labels always stick to local work. Um, the, the construction guy across the street really likes what I'm talking about, so he's, he's just banging on the walls. Do you think that's party you think styles? You think it's like a good criticism? Uh, <laughs> he's, no. He's like, you guys okay. are doing a podcast? Don't inject negativity yeah. into my life, man. <laughs> that is a positive reaction. Is, is, that, is that Alberto talking in there? Yeah, he's just banging on the on the ceiling like Sean Paul's playing. It's I'm just listening like, to Fuck yeah. Um, anyways, so we um, 
everything happened fucking naturally, which is my favorite thing in the world. So we had the idea. We came up with the name. Uh, Jazzrod found this incredible artist that hand draws all of his design. He hand drew our logo, has hand drawn our first VA artwork, and it's beautiful. That's awesome. Organic, amazing. Ran into him. And then we started, you know, we, we both have good contacts. We started reaching out to people, talking to different um, artists that we'd like to collaborate with. And then we found so many just amazing um, artists. Um, in part- There's a couple in particular that just blew me away. Um, the VA includes artists from all over the world. Um, we have um, myself as Chan, my uh, live um, project. Featuring Alexander Kojic, who I mentioned uh, worked with Jazzarat. Um, we have tracks um, from artists from India. Um, Dalat, which I will have to say right now is, and I'm talking worldwide, is one of my favorite producers. The music that he sends us and the music that we have coming out for him is absolutely stunning. Um, we have Kali Karma, an agent also from India. Um, we have um, Roar, who is uh, from Berlin in Germany. Um, they gave us a track with an art player called Laura Bozen, which is stunning. Uh, some of the most creative electronic music I've heard. Um, we have um, Saqib and Keynes from New York. We have um, Zoe from Toronto, from Canada. Um, we are blessed. We have Tender Heart. Um, and we have a new project um, as well uh, from another couple of producers that we haven't done the premiere for yet. Um, so the family has been incredible. And, and the, the thing that I've I've loved the most about this partnership. We ran into an incredibly talented producer that we really liked. And the personalities clashed. The vibe wasn't there. And our first reaction was, if we doesn't matter how good you are, if we don't have that, that mentality and that eagerness to work together and everything, then it's not going to work out. And that was my main concern with, with a record label because I find in a lot of record labels sacrifice their their um, moral compass for you know success want to sign the bigger artists instead of the lower artists and we'll put up with anything as long as we get a track from this guy whereas in with us we're like we want to build a family every single person that we are featuring on this first va is going to have their own release albums etc and we're going to grow that but we're going to grow it in, in a family way we want a culture within our label that's going to be the main goal the music yes. will be good because if you pick the right artists and the right people the music will be natural it will be organic will be full of love it'll be a labor of love amongst everybody so it's been a great journey <clears throat> um we've had great traction so far um we had uh two free tracks uh released uh, nice. that have done great one uh was a track of mine featuring a good friend of mine um uh, griffin uh who uh, laid down some guitar for me um, and we've had another one from Paul from Montreal, who's also one of my favorite producers at the moment. Uh, incredibly talented guy. Um, and yeah, the, lo- the social media um, launched. We are eventually going to move into releasing records as well on vinyl. Um, we want to have that tangible product for people. We want to, you know, grow in that sense that, that we want people to really get value out of music again. You know, uncompromised value that's awesome um we're gonna have links to that guys so if you want to hear alberto's music there's gonna be a link um if you got to us through i guess apple Podcasts, there'll be a link in that and there'll also be a link on my website uh if you got here uh through apple Podcasts, that's gonna be kjoshradio.com under the conversation um and you'll see alberto's pretty face and be a link there as well and uh but if you if you're like 
fuck you and your Apple podcast and your own personal website links. Um, Alberto, tell us where we can see it. Well, for the listening. record label, we're going to be in all major music stores. So you're going to find it anywhere in Beatport, Track Source, Spotify, Apple Music. We'll be all over. Do you have um, a website? As far a... as the label goes, yes. Um, the, the website uh, for the label uh, is arcanecirclerecords.com. Um, you can reach us there as well. Um, and uh, obviously, you'll have links to our SoundCloud and everything there. Um, the label SoundCloud will have just the label stuff. Um, if you look up Alberto Josue, you'll find me there. The other aliases that I have as well, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, it's all interlaced. It's very easy to find, but we'll be on every single platform you can okay. think of. Um, which is funny because originally the whole point was to go on Bandcamp and be independent. But then after looking at the whole picture and learning and talking to other labels, we said, you know what? If it's going to be hard for this to be a lucrative venture, we might as well make the music accessible to everyone. Yep. So we decided to go with that. Um, we have uh, another two or three releases already on the way. Uh, a couple of albums coming out. So very exciting times. Um, it's going to be a great project. Um, and it's going to be an opportunity to give people uh, somewhere to put out music without having to follow any rules. That's, That's awesome. our main rule. Um, rule number one is there are no rules. Exactly. It's like Fight Club, but we throw songs at each other. Um <laughs> And rule, it's, rule number two is there are a lot of rules. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If we don't like you, we won't work with you. You have to be all about <laughs> peace and love, guys. Yeah, man. Let's. You know, we need more of that. We need more love uh, around here. You know what? That is very true. Yeah, that's very true. We but need... Speaking of love, let's talk about the uh, the. You were talking about your aliases, but you've got a new project coming out with. Yes, uh, I you... have. I have two aliases because I'm going through an identity crisis. Um, so I like to have many uh, aliases. So Alberto Josue has is, is, is been mostly uh, me uh, in, in my growth. Um, it's been always, you know, club music oriented, DJing, um, you know, deep house, techno, um, all of those genres. Um, and I have uh, Chan, who, which started this year in January. The first live show was in the summer at Camp Summer Days, uh, my favorite place to be in the summer uh, it's one of the best venues to like do stuff like this chan is very low tempo it's very slow music um heavily influenced uh from my end uh with my south american roots um a lot of uh you know jungly kind of vibes um uh trippy dark in a way um i like to Im implement as much electronic uh, and acoustic as i can on it um playing live was unbelievable um it's just a completely different setting going back to what we were talking about earlier the way that i like to play live is i actually take snippets of parts of my songs but not in an, in an arranged way so that when i'm playing live i'm actually rearranging that song however i see fit for the moment so is that how you play live at clubs or is that, is that uh, this the... i've only done one live show with chan which was we we did it like on the shore of a lake outdoors oh, on a sunset good. Which is why I'm not doing it in clubs because it's very low tempo. It's it's right. it's it's about you know it starts at about seventy BPM. It's it's not like in clubs people are gonna be like, dude, I really want to dance. I want to go crazy. I'm at a yeah. club. So that's why it's there's been very select moments to play Chun live, and that was the perfect setting because it was the right crowd. It's a very open crowd, uh, very musically um, wide as far as taste goes, and the setting was beautiful. So it it, it permitted for that project to shine um and yeah I, I i take the approach of improvising because um i find that if you're playing electronic music 
the way that it was made and you're playing live, it takes away the live aspect of it. Whereas and if I'm if I have snippets that I'm combining to recreate the song, I can tell engage the crowd and improvise as I see fit. If if I'm starting to lose everyone in movement, I can kind of switch it up on the fly and I can kind of add different rhythms and like play something on the keys and like make it evolve. Um, and it was a it was a, it was a great experience to do it for the first time. I haven't had the right venue to do it again. Um, as soon as I do, I will. Um, but that led me into the latest product, which we just launched about a month ago. Uh, it's called Astria. Um, I was uh, at home, like most of us, doing nothing, chilling. No, I never um, do nothing. On a on the I think I don't know what day it was, but it was one of the, the chill days, right? Ooh. Like a Thursday, let's yeah, say. Something like that. I Explain a picture. It was a Thursday. But it was like it was, partly cloudy. It was, yeah, it was Thursday, partly cloudy. Yeah. Existentialism was kicking in, so I went on social media to seek validation. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, that's, where, <laughs> that's, the, that's the only place validation exists. That was anymore. what was on the menu. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I'm just going through stories, and I see a friend of mine uh, post a, uh, on their stories, they posted this video, and they were at a friend's house, and this girl was playing piano and singing, and I was like, damn, I'm like, that sounds dope. Um, I haven't had a good experience with singers because, again, like I said earlier, I'm very hard to work with. Um, but I'm also very to the point and like I like to be efficient when I work on music. And, and that is also hard to find nowadays. People that are willing to be patient. Um, and anyways, I don't give up. As you know me, I'm very stubborn. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I, uh, I heard this and I was like, shit. And so I messaged her, and I was like, yo, who's that? You know, like, I, I, like her voice is great. Like, does she record? Like, what does she do? And she's like, oh, like, I put you in contact with her. And uh, I was busy with Chan, et cetera, and I just waited a couple of weeks, and then I was like, oh, I should message this girl and, like, see what happens. So I messaged her, and I'm like, hey, like, you know, I thought your voice sounded great. Like, we should, we should jam. Like, let's get together and, like, have a talk. And um, we can uh, see if, you know, we vibe and whatever. So we got together and we just, like, listened to music. I showed her some stuff I was working on. Um, we immediately clicked. We were, like, on the same page. Um, and we, like, started fucking around. And we kind of made, like, a dance music song first. And I was like, no, like, something didn't feel right. And then I thought to myself, and I'm like, why not go the other way? Um, up until this point, and we had this chat a little bit earlier, up until this point, like, it's it's been an interesting journey. It's been fun. I love it. But I'm getting to that point where I'm starting to think, and I'm like, I can't do this forever. I can't do the late nights. I can't do the, you know, clubs and the lifestyle forever. So I need to have something that can go beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For when my body goes, dude, I think it's time to chill. Um, this is what Astra is. Astra is a way that I have to express on music that I love that I've never done. Um, anyone who knows me knows that during the week I listen to, you know, reggae and like R&B like crazy and like I hardly ever listen to house music because I like to make house music and play house music so when I'm during the week I want to take a break from it so I can love it when I go back to it. And um, we decided, you know what, let's just jam and see what happens and then I thought, why don't we do a cover? That's a great way of seeing what happens and, sure. and and getting used to working with each other. So we came up with our first cover, which was a cover of uh, Licky Lee for I Know Places, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, and we did it. Uh, we recently launched it. Um, it's a free download uh, on our SoundCloud page if anybody wants to get it. Um, obviously, we're not charging because we don't want to get sued. Um, oh, so yeah, that's right. Hey, can't the, do that. the most beautiful thing was that immediately after we released it, some producer called me and was like, hey, I made an edit of your free download. 
and I want to know if you like it so I can put it out. And I was like, wow, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. And he did. Yeah, his name is Steve Bond. He, he did a Wicked. It's also on my... Uh, on my uh, on the SoundCloud page for Astra, um, he did a Wicked remix of it. Uh, we are currently finishing up a second uh, cover uh, of Radiohead, um, Exit Music for Film, That's which song. is my favorite band in yeah. the history of mankind and my favorite song in the history of mankind. And it's been just incredibly stressful to try and recreate it because <laughs> I will never even touch their heels at how amazing that song is. But... Um, I think that where we've gotten to it really is an honest interpretation in our own way of it. Um, and God bless Christina. Shout out to her for being able to uh, put up with me making her sing Tom York, uh, <laughs> who has the voice of an angel and the range of like seven human beings. So, I mean, at um, least two. I mean, I like to exaggerate, as you can tell. It's part of my Latin roots. Um, everything is a bajillion times. That's, but that's not a real number. That's In my life, it is. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, Astria is now working on um, our first original content. This will be a live show. Wicked. Um, our target is going to be mostly live venues. Um, so, so that's my question for this for this particular. So like when you're when you're live, like when you're DJing, like playing live um, with your own stuff, you're mixing it, going with the feel yeah. of the the crowd. But like when you're playing, when you're going to play live with Astria, maybe you don't know the answer yet because you don't have the content to know. But like, do you suspect that you are going to be more of an active participant in those live shows, or would you be less of an active participant because you're the music's already recorded? Um, I I would say the the way that it's going to go um, for this project is I'm actually going to be we are going to be playing a lot more live um and the reason being is with chan i was able to kind of experiment and, and that's what this this is why i love the journey of doing whatever comes to mind because i would have never guessed that chan would have prepared me for this project and i would have never guessed that i would even have this project this year already launched so it's funny because it's just little things that you run into people and you make those connections and as long as you're approaching it from a free you know perspective following your heart it just happens and um, I think Astra is going to be a lot more live than Chan is because Chan is still technically dancing music, whereas in its main focus is mostly on the drums and the groove and the ambient, whereas in Astra is going to be lyrical work. We're going to be writing songs. You're going to be connecting not just with the music, but with the vocals and the lyrics. And this started as, hey, you know, you're a singer. I'm a producer. Let me produce for you. And you sing. And now, within literally two songs, we're just producing together. And the way I see it, um, Christina's one of those artists that uh, has that same hunger that, that I have in the, sense, in the sense that, like, when we're doing it, we're really working. We're, we're really trying to get better. We're really learning. And she's already literally handling part of the production on her own. And I'm sitting back sharing ideas. And it's beautiful to see that. So if I was to guess, by the time you know summer comes around and we try to launch the first live shows, we're probably going to be playing together. We're, we're going to. I want okay. to do a lot more impro improvisation. I want to play the melodies ourselves. Maybe run the drum tracks separately. Maybe play the drum tracks and her play the vocals. Or in certain songs, maybe it'll just literally be the track in the back. It depends on the mood and and the way the 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 project will go because. These two covers are very emotional songs, very touchy, very like feely music. But so far, what we're coming up with has a little bit more of a darker edge. So it's going to be a marriage between like darker electronica stuff and, you know, beautiful uh, cinematic, you know, touchy feely music. 
So it's my guess is that it's going to be a lot more live, and eventually my my dream would be to actually hire musicians to play with us and and completely eliminate the sequencing aspect of it and actually do it as a band. Um, I've always said my uh, my dream on my sixties is to like have a little jazz bands of like old pops and we just jam and play some blues and stuff. And I think that I want to take that same approach with this. I want to get it to a point where I can. It start involving other musicians and saying, hey, learn these songs and now you help us write the next songs and start to grow it. Um, our entire um, vision is that together we are Austria, right? And together means can mean more than two people. So I think the project will grow and evolve. Um, and it's very exciting. To be honest, this is where my heart is at. I've recently just finished all of my work for my house music releases that I need to hand in, like that are coming out soon. And I'm focusing on Astria fully for the next, uh, I would say, two to three months at least. That's wicked. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I was gonna. Damn it! I was just gonna. I had a really good question and I forgot it, guys. There's a question out in the atmosphere that. Josh, why did you forget that question? Uh, cause I don't, I mean, you know, guys, like sometimes good questions, they just don't want to be asked. They, you think of them, <laughs> you think of them and they sit in your head and you go, I'm going to remember that question before the end of what you're saying. But then you're just so interested in what you're saying that what the other person's saying that just like, yeah, I mean, and no, Alberto, <laughs> Alberto's making hand gestures at me indicating that there is a, you know, outside, other reasons, other reasons, <laughs> other, there's a, there's influences that it's make almost, that. It's almost as if, like, I had ingested something that had created uh, a poor memory in my in this experience. But that's not what it is. That's not what it is at all. No, not at all. Um, I'm just tired. Uh, no, but okay. So while I'm trying to remember the question that I just have for you, uh, what are the what's the what are the meaning the names the meanings behind the names? I was I kept trying to um, meaning to ask. I find names to be very very interesting. So, for example. Um, as I said earlier, um, most of my releases as Alberto Josue um, have names of my family. Um, I have a track named uh, Cameron over my niece, Cameron. Um, Cass for my niece, Cassidy. Kuma has been uh, our family dog that just passed away. Um, and so, yeah, I have, I, I always, for na naming always has to be personal. Chan, I took a different approach. Chan, what, Chan came to me from a conversation I had with a, with a, good friend of mine uh, and wicked artist uh, Gabriel Bermudez, he was like, dude, like, he's like, you're, because I do this mixtape series where I mix all kinds of genres, and he was like, you should, like, take that approach and, like, play live. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. And I was in Mexico reading up, I was uh, checking out some um, temples and stuff that they had uh, in Coba um, and, and um, in Cancun area. And uh, Coba was, uh, they had certain buildings that were, like, art buildings. And I ran into this word Chan in one of the descriptions, which was celebration. So <clears throat> what um, what Chan was was they, they would call it a celebration of something. So they, they would that's how you would describe it um, when they were like describing what they were doing in the in those temples and stuff. So I thought I was like cool. So let's do Chan, and then the names of the songs have something to do with the song. So for example, Chan Kal was a celebration of voices, and it was this this sample of children's voices that I used in this track, and that's how I structured. Um, oh, cool. Chan. Um, and then with Astra, it was it was interesting um, because Astra was actually a Greek goddess, and uh, Christina is uh, Greek. Okay. Um, but coincidental, right? Um, and she is the the goddess of justice and innocence. Um, but somebody had already taken that name in um, 
I think it was England. Um, and they were, yeah, and they were already, like, a pretty, you know, well-followed artist. So I was like, fuck, like, what do we do? Luckily, we found the way that you would actually spell it in Greek, and it fit. So we decided to do that um, just because my entire vision at the beginning with, with uh, doing um, this project was I wanted a female singer because I just love female voices. I think it's, it's, it's I mean, nothing against the dudes. I still like a lot of you know, male singers, but there's something just beautiful. And even when it's dark, a female voice will always give it beauty. Even, even a very dark song, if it's like very depressing, dark song will still sound beautiful. Um, and naming it that, you know, and as a goddess and, and knowing that she would be the front voice of it and what the vibe would be, I thought it would fit perfectly. Cool. Um, I don't know what approach we're going to take for the names as far as the album goes and all that stuff and the releases that'll come more naturally as we like work sure. on it. But yeah, there's always, I, I try to have a little bit of meaning behind every single aspect of, of, you know, the presentation, the design, the names of the music that I work on. Look, man, I can't wait to see what the albums look like. It's gonna, it'll be just a little, little Easter eggs for everyone. So if you listen to this podcast and then you get Alberto's albums, you're gonna know all the little behind the scenes details of the names and the art and all that sort of stuff. Because that's what we're here to do. We're here to um, open up the the creative process. Both, you know, how do people get shit done, and also what goes into the shit that that does get finished. Which is, uh, which I mean, sometimes I think is more interesting. Um, but finishing is everything, man. Finishing is, you know, it's funny, like, I talk to a lot of people about this, obviously, and uh, and I think one of the most, it's so far, I mean, this is, you know, number six, I guess, was episode six at the moment, and it does seem that uh, one of the early themes uh, is finishing, and I find that very surprising, because who would have thought that finishing something would be vital to uh, doing things? <laughs> I mean, it's a real shocker, folks, and I think um, I think this this that kind of groundbreaking journalism that is going on in this yes. particular podcast groundbreaking indeed. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think anything anyone's doing anything like this out there. I mean, what other podcast just has the eternal creaking of my chair as <laughs> as I'm rocking back and forth? Um, I think it's those little details that give it the uh, just authenticity, the, the authenticity, you know, That's the it. joie de vivre that yes, I think we have. The kick. Um, so we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna have Alberto back at a later point when he's got you know uh, more more stuff to talk about because clearly he's run out of things today um <laughs> no i think we could probably do this for a couple hours so we're gonna we're gonna put an artificial end to it because uh i mean we have to otherwise you're just gonna continue listening to this and it's gonna be like oh god i can't believe they just you'll never finish. get back to work i know right how will we ever get anything done um so we're gonna, we're gonna bring it to an end now i want to say thanks to alberto for taking the time to not only do the podcast with me but help me create uh logic templates so that uh the next podcast that we do after this um and there are they are coming i promise you um will sound uh far more level than the uh five that you probably may or may not have listened to uh before this so um if you want to find alberto um outside of this particular audio box um you can find him at we'll go one more time uh yeah you can um you can find me on uh facebook um at alberto josue j-o-s-s-u-e um, you'll find all the links to the SoundCloud and everything. The label is Arcane Circle Records. Uh, you can just do a Google search for that. You'll get everything, arcanecirclerecords.com. Astria right now is currently only alive on SoundCloud and Facebook. Um, lots of free music uh, on all three of those. So if you are on SoundCloud, uh, come follow us. Uh, you'll have some goodies for free, and then we'll, uh, we'll have more stuff for you later on. And then uh, keep your eye out for shows and everything coming up. 
Sweet. And those links will be on uh, kjoshradio.com, which, uh, like I said, if you've found us through uh, the podcast app on your phone, of whichever nature that happens to be, um, that's where all my shit is. Uh, most of it's unfinished, um, surprisingly. Uh, so there are a lot of first drafts on there. Uh, you'll find all the other episodes of the podcast. You'll also find episodes of the DG Special, which is an online uh, show that I used to do with my uh, best friend, Dan, um, and which we do at the Rec Room on the last Friday night of the month. So if you're in Toronto near the CN Tower and it's the end of the month and you you know, are bored, come check us out. Um, otherwise, uh, that's been the downstairs, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for running down here. And uh, we'll see you, uh, fingers crossed, in one week after you listen to this one. Hopefully there will be another one. And if there isn't, well, you know. We'll blame the cat. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. 